Good side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode 423. Yes, the NLSC Podcast, the show about basketball gaming that always heightens the parabola. We uh, <laughs> we will get to that this week. Uh, before that, I am Andrew, joined as always by Derek, aka Deeper 3. I'm happy to be here again. Yeah, International Basketball 2009 might be top three worst basketball video games I have ever played. I, I posted uh, our gameplay session on Twitter, the highlights from it, or the lowlights, I guess you could call them, from that game. I connected to Andrew on, on Parsec, and we played the PC version of International Basketball 2009. The commentary is absolutely hilariously bad, but the gameplay matches how bad the commentary is. I'm glad we were able to connect on it, because I wanted to, to show you, because you had to experience it to really feel how bad it is with the controls. And look, it's a smaller studio. It's uh, Idoru Studios. It's an Italian developer. They've made a few basketball games that came out in consecutive years. Uh, none of them are better than the other ones. Uh, maybe Incredible Basketball is better because it's an arcade game, so it can kind of be silly and you don't worry about Sim. But it's still clunky. It still has the, uh, the, the poorly translated commentary. And look, our Italian is probably not as good as their English, but uh, they should have got a little bit more help with that one because... Uh, Yes, heightens the parabola from outer space. It's um, it's Johnny Five from um, Short Circuit Two, that uh, old movie. Uh, yeah, I, I had to show it to you. Kind of a jerk move on my part, I will say, because it's kind of like you invite your friend around to sit on the couch and play a game, but you pull the worst game out as a troll job. So yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. No, I still had a lot of fun with it. I, I love experiencing even bad basketball video games. Just like I said, I think about the design choices they made, and I can laugh at at some of the the follies with the game and whatnot. Um, what does he heightens the parabola even mean? Like you you caught a pass, you're about ten feet from the hoop, and you just threw up a floater, and they said he heightens the parabola. Commentary is really really bad in that game you know the the from outer space for deep shots and, and stuff like that it's it's so exaggerated and it's so silly i will say that the gameplay though some of the gameplay aspects of it are just mind-boggling like how that even made it into production for a small video game maker um like like where i'm running forward and i'm not even using turbo and i hit your your player's not your defender's not even facing me and i barely touch the back of your defender and i just fall um fall backwards onto the floor and they call a foul on you oh yeah um it's just there is just so many strange gameplay mechanics in that game and I, i'm i'm surprised that they were okay with releasing that well i think if nothing else it kind of demonstrates how hard it is to make a good basketball game it, it makes me appreciate some of the even the rougher nba live games because clearly it's not as it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I I never, I've dabbled with it in Unreal Engine and in Unity. Um, it's tough. I, I've never considered doing game code easy by any stretch. But if you're going to be in the business of doing game code and creating video games, you know, sports games or uh, basketball video games or you know whatever type of video games that you end up making, you should make sure that you're putting out quality. And it goes through testing and all of that stuff before you release it, right? Um, and it feels like that game 
comes up short in so many different ways. It it almost feels like a rushed product gameplay wise. It really does, and it came out in again two thousand eight. So it has early two thousands graphics. It has late nineties gameplay, if that really. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a, a good game at all. I got it for about two bucks uh, off a uh, digital um, platform many years back. It was recommended by someone in the forum, clearly trolling me, uh, obviously. <laughs> but it was just one of those games that came up at the time and. Two bucks, you got you to pick it up just to check it out because it's a, a different game that's not made by EA or 2K at the time. I looked into Heightens the Parabola, and a parabola from memory, because maths, uh, mathematics is not my forte whatsoever, but it's kind of like a, an arc on a graph, so I'm guessing that it's kind of like a bad translation of a high-arcing shot or high-arcing pass, but yeah, that's, that's a bad translation that they've got there. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense, although I kind of wish it was made popular in basketball circles today. I just love to log on to Twitter. We'll try. And see a bunch of people saying, you know, Brandon Ingram heightens the parabola <laughs> or something like that. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, he does that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, wild game. Um, we'll definitely have to try Incredible Basketball um, at some point, the arcade version. Um, you even said they made a third game. Um, what was it called? Planet? Uh, Planet Basket. Planet Basket 2009, 2010. Came out in 2010. Uh, that one was for PC and Wii. Uh, from the looks of it, I looked up a video on uh, on YouTube. Uh, it's just as bad. It may even be worse graphically. The the Wii version. <laughs> so, yeah, that one. It doesn't look like the, that's available anymore on uh, on PC. Uh, so you'd probably have to track down a, a Wii copy for for that one. But yeah, some some rough games there. But with that being said, Derek, international basketball two thousand nine, kids sports basketball, NBA Live 07. If they're the top three worst or certainly contenders, how do you rank them? It's really funny. I, I have to admit, I, I still think that NBA Live 07 is better than those two games. I'd say so. I, and, and that hurts. That hurts me to say that because you know how weak of a game I think NBA Live 07 is for the um, for the 360. Uh, I will say this. You said something about in, in international basketball 2009 maybe having like late 90s gameplay. I'm sorry, but games like NBA Live 98, the shootout series, etc., and those games that came out in the late 90s, they are a lot better gameplay-wise than International Basketball 2009, the passing, the shooting. I mean, you were shoot, we were shooting shots on International Basketball 2009 from the bottom of the screen, and they were, they were facing sideways. Like, they were shooting it into the crowd, but then it would, the ball would go towards the hoop. Oh, yeah. Like, the, yeah, it's, it's almost an insult to games that, like, Lakers versus Celtics from 1989 gameplay wise because that game still makes more sense and is more fun on the sticks so it's it's just wild um that that game even got released but i will say this small developers keep doing your thing oh, keep yeah. trying to make basketball video games um you know indie developers etc we want you to be you know, to be innovative and try things that maybe the bigger, the AAA companies are not doing, um, et cetera. We want people in that space. So please, you know, we, we talked about NBA Playgrounds, the original one, um, before they ended up being bought out by 2K and then it ended up being 2K Playgrounds too. Yeah, it was Saber Interactive, correct? That's right. Like Saber Interactive, good for you, good for you in that original NBA Playgrounds title, you know, for being innovative and creative and, you know, releasing a solid arcade game. So, yeah, I don't want to deter anybody, but that that game definitely didn't look like it was ready for production. 
Oh, absolutely. I agree on, on all counts. And you're right. Late 90s games were, were better than that. They were more confidently produced, certainly the, the AAA games anyway. I'm talking about some of the rougher ones of, of late 90s mechanics. Uh, White had about three different shoot buttons. I have no idea. There, there's an idea from Live 07 that it took that, that it should have taken. Uh, I'd also agree that Live 07 is, uh, is a better game than those two, uh, simply because there's more money behind it. it. It kind of ends up better by default. But after we played international basketball, I, I trolled you further by putting on NBA basketball for the Intellivision. You know what, though? That wasn't that bad. I also had that sweet block right off the rim. Top 10. On one of your shots. Possible top 10. Uh, um, I, I'm sorry, Nate. That's a top 10 play. I mean, come on now. I mean, yeah. If that happened on one of the newer games, you'd be like, that's a top 10. That's so, like 2001. Yeah. That's top 10. Come on. Right, exactly. Um, but no, that was still fun. Um, we didn't play it for that long. I think we played like maybe a quarter of a game. Uh, the controls are obviously primitive. Uh, the gameplay is primitive. The graphics are primitive, all of that stuff. But at the same time, it has all the components to be a, I don't know, like a, a, a basketball game. Like you, you know you're playing a basketball game, right? So um, it wasn't that bad. Um, I'm glad that we did a session on NBA Live 2001 after. I really enjoyed that. We used the um, Timberwolves. And the unbelievable Kevin Garnett, who we had to go to constantly because we were playing it on the hardest level, and he didn't disappoint. Huge dunks. We were able to bring up the ball with him. Like Nate and Roger said, he was playing all the positions on the court, um, you know, post up, half hooks, um, mid range shots, etc. Um, I thought it was a fun session, hard over Parsec to beat the computer on the hardest level when one person's connection it, and it's based on Australia. That's because you were hosting or if yes. I was hosting you, you, you're in Australian internet. When one person has some lag, we lost a couple games um, only by, I want to say a couple points or a few points. We were close in the games and we would have won if we were just making our free throws. Right. Like if we, if, if we had a connection good enough to make the free throws, we would have won those games. So I don't feel bad about losing them, um, but it was still a really good time. I mean, those dunks in Live 2001, I, I've raved about those before. And it's, it's like you said before, playing with the cover player. There's something special about that. It's, it's more fun to play with the cover player in the game that they were on the cover on. Right, like when I did that um, under-the-leg dunk with Steve Francis on NBA Live 2002. Exactly. In Houston. Um it, it felt extra special because I did it with the cover athlete. Um, but no, good Parsec sessions. Uh, you know, I had another session um, after that on NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC with Per DXDO. And we were playing as first we were the Toronto Raptors with Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter. Um, and then and we won our first game and it was the first time he had ever played the game. And we played really well together. So kudos to him for being good in his first game. Um and then we switched it up and we were using the Cavs because he wanted to use Kemp. So in the first half, I used Wesley Person. Second half, I used Bob Sura. And we were up the majority of the game uh, against the Vancouver Grizzlies. And I shared this highlight on Twitter. And you were blown away by it, too. We lost the game. We were up by two. And we lost the game on a partially blocked full court three that banked in. And what a terrible feeling in the moment. It was a wow and a what moment. And then, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe we just lost that game to that. 
So, um, yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough way to end the session, but, uh, yeah, NBA showtime, the game winners are pretty crazy. So you're still getting the, the karma for beating me with that long three with Finley in live 10. It's still, it's, it's still coming back to one, man. Yeah. What is with everybody hitting game winners on me? Christ. It's, it's just constant, but at the same time, it's, you know, they're epic games. They're really fun games overall. And even if they're sometimes negative memories, it's still creating memories, I guess, right? Oh, sure. Um, but so, that's yeah. that classic midway middle finger, though, right? The the CPU hitting that long three at the buzzer. Right. And, of course, Tim Kittrow had to call it right before, and he said, anything can happen. <laughs> and it did. And the ball was being you know pushed up the floor and whatnot uh, by me. And then I ended up getting – the way this happened is – I was about to be pushed, so my idea was I'm going to shoot this shot, and while the ball is in the air, the clock is going to run out, right? But somehow, from the side, I get blocked on this three, and they get the ball right after the block and fling it from full court, and it goes off the backboard and in. And it's like, come on. Anyway, so per DXDO used Sean Kemp in that game and Sean Kemp is excellent. He's a 20 on dunk, which I think is the highest rated you can get in that game. He's in the green on it. And he was just throwing stuff down all game. I'm hitting threes with Wesley person and Bob Sarah. We're feeling really good about it. And, and, and then that's how we lose. That it's rough. Again, it's, it's that classic midway middle finger that you've, you've outplayed the CPU co-op or otherwise. And then just at the buzzer, it flings it up to the partially block, the partial block. Now that's that's a new wrinkle. That's what I mean. I mean, I shared it on the Discord, and a couple people were like, "Wow, I can't believe that." Um, even for an arcade game, even if that arcade game is known for that, so that's that's pretty wild. So NBA Showtime, I have covered that for Wayback Wednesday. I have it in my extensive collection. We we've connected on that, haven't we? You and I. We played NBA Hoops briefly. That's I don't right. Think we- NBA Showtime, but we'll definitely have to play NBA Showtime because I have both of those. We, de- we definitely do. We, we both have those ones, and, and that's. Uh, I, I think it's a fine game. Uh, I do do enjoy it. I do like Hang Time a little bit better, though. I think Hang Time overall is a more balanced experience. And when I say that it's balanced, I mean offensive and defensively. It's it's fun to play equally on both ends. On NBA Showtime, uh, one of the problems is. When you're playing on level, I think, you know, it's like halfway up the bars on the level. So I don't know, maybe it's like five, um, five bars up and then forward. When you're playing on the higher difficulty levels on that game, it is almost impossible to block shots or block dunks. And the dunks happen so fast in NBA Showtime that you could be like right there under the hoop and time it perfectly, but the dunk is so fast you have no chance of blocking it. Um, I think it's more fun overall to play defense on NBA hang time, and I think that the pace makes a little bit more sense. But that's not shorting NBA Showtime, NBA on NBC, because I do think it's one of the best arcade va- basketball video games ever made. But it's, it's hard to beat NBA hang time and NBA Jam on Fire Edition, let's put it that way. Oh, definitely. And, and I still advocate for uh, TE, Tournament Edition, as well. Actually, we did connect on Hang Time as well. I, I forgot about that, the uh, Super Nintendo version this week. Yeah, we had a we had fun. Yeah, but we noticed something. We noticed that the PAL region version, your version, was incredibly slow. It was. Run, slow yeah. frame rate. Uh, run much slower than the NTSC version. Uh, interesting. I, I need to, I've been meaning to look into that, and I will for next week. Uh, yeah, why that, why that was the case. Yeah, and then we put on the NTSC version, 
Good space. And it was, and it was working just the way I remembered it, right? Like the speed, um, great pace, etc. So it is wild that the game would be, you know, made at a slower speed in a different region. There's got to be a reason for that. I believe it is. Like, the, the, yeah. the, the difference in frame rate, probably, and the uh, the emulator. Um, we, we obviously we have the original copies, but we're playing over Parsec on the emulator using the uh, PAL and NTSC uh, versions. Uh, if it's emulating the the frame rate of, of the PAL version and the NTSC versions respectively, it's probably something to do with that. I will look into it because uh, that would be interesting to know. Because if they slowed it down intentionally, yeah, that, that's a mistake. Because the Nintendo sixty four version, which I am more used to, uh, that does run at a, a much faster speed as well. I don't know if it would be frame rate because frame rate would mean that it would stutter. It wouldn't change like the entire speed. The gameplay was smooth as hell. Like that looked amazingly smooth on the PAL region version. It was just much slower, like smooth and slow. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Like it wasn't fun. Like that was slower than playgrounds in many ways. It was playing in slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. You almost, yeah. Almost had to turn up the speed on the emulator to just get it to normal. So yeah, that was NTSC version, definitely the superior uh, release there, but, but hang time, you know, fun on any version. I, I haven't played the original arcade versions either, just mostly Nintendo 64 growing up but but again that, that is a very strong release as i said before in a previous show the true sequel to the original nba jam games nba jam extreme by claim no not at all and what a touch for an arcade game back then to not only have oops that you can jump for um but also you can do dribble moves right oh yeah you do those spins, oops yeah. by double tapping the turbo so yeah just so many great touches to hang time it's one of my favorite arcade games ever but I couldn't get Hakeem to dunk. For some reason, the dream would not dunk. I was throwing you. You were jumping for alley-oops, and he would catch the ball, and instead of throwing it down, he would always lay it up. Nice finger roll, and, but still. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, otherwise, I thought our session was fantastic. If I remember correctly, we did win. We did. Um, and, yeah, we'll have to connect again on that. I'll be doing a, ch- a tournament on that game at some point. Maybe not this year, but it, maybe next year. Um, because that game needs a tournament. It does, and I think a lot of people do have a lot of nostalgia for that game. Although it is kind of overlooked because it doesn't have the NBA Jam name, it's certainly more fondly remembered than an NBA Jam Extreme and the other acclaimed games, NBA Jam 99, NBA Jam 2000. I mean, I wouldn't mind connecting with you on that. So again, as you said, to have a bit of a laugh, to play a bad game, to analyze the design, wonder what they're thinking. But yeah, it's certainly not a, a, not a game I'd put in the rotation um, you know, not a regular in the rotation, much like International Basketball 2009. And Andrew knows me. I just want to point this out. So we, we put on NBA Hang Time, and he's hosting. He goes right to the Rockets, and he's like, he's like, you, you want to use Drexler. So he knew. He knew. Like, um, I love using Drexler in video games, sim or arcade. Huge fan of those mid-late 90s Houston Rockets. And, yeah, so... Of course, I got to use Drexler in that game, and that was a blast. Also, I didn't want to use Pippin, so that that avoided that. Right, exactly. Yeah, d- d- you've soured on Pippin. A little, a little, little bit, a little just bit, yeah. Off the rails lately, yeah. But one thing we do have to talk about, it, and Nate's been wanting more of this uh, because he loves hearing about it, um, Nate Stasho, um, Live 2001 legend. I, he wants to hear more about your NBA 2K14, my career, 
exploits. And again, you're on season three. Um, you sent me a couple more great highlights recently to, to be considered for future NLSC top tens. Uh, your Hall of Fame bound. You got a lot going for you with uh, Terry Hansen, and he's the rookie for your team. I um, mean, he's perf- been performing a lot better lately. So what's been going on on your 2K14 My Career? Oh, Terry Hansen, man. I mean, he's, he went from terrible Hansen to terrific Hansen, quite frankly. Had a 33-point game the other day. Uh, me feeding him a little bit to uh, pad my assists with those wonderful assists that I love so much. Uh, I've been trying to get him to score more, been trying to get Mello to score a bit more because it, it felt wrong to have Mello drop to about 15 points a game when he's still in his prime, basically, of uh, 2016. I, I believe even as of the 2017 season in real life, his last year with the Knicks, he was averaging, what, about 25, 26 a game? I know that he was scoring well. And even in his first year with the Thunder, um, I know that, especially for the first part of the season, he was putting up pretty big scoring numbers until they asked him to like dial it back and change his role. That's right, yeah. So, so I'm trying to, to do that and get him more involved, and so I'm not just uh, hogging the ball all the time. So it, it makes it a bit more interesting to play a bit more strategically as well. I maxed out at 97, so getting VC is not uh, not really an issue. Getting all the signature skills upgraded. My play is powerful enough to handle the CPU at the moment, so I don't really need to worry about that. It, it's more about the, the challenge of, uh, of getting these other players their numbers, getting Terry Hansen Rookie of the Year. Unfortunately, he's currently trailing to uh, Papadopoulos, another generated rookie on the Suns, who who was uh, also 75 overall, went in the second round. And I went through the, the generated rookies for the class of 2015, Derek, and I noticed that a lot of players dropped in the draft. A lot of high-rated prospects dropped to the 30th pick. Uh, Terry Hansen was the 30th pick. Uh, didn't expect to get a, a top rookie prospect with the very last pick of the first round, but we did. And the uh, Papadopoulos went to the Suns, the seventh pick of the second round. So yeah, and he's leading the uh, the rookie of the year race at the moment because he's leading the rookies in uh, rebounding and, and second or third in scoring behind Hansen. So a bit of competition there. Have to see what I do, can do to get uh, Hansen some bigger numbers. You can't let Terry Hansen. You can't let Terry Hansen lose to a guy with the last name Papadopoulos. No, not not at all. And speaking of generated names, this is the best part of having the generated rookies in a, in a franchise or a career mode, is the names they come up with. I've got a Johan Johansson. How awesome is that? Yeah, that is that is wild. I had a, a doctor when I was younger. Um, just It was like a family doctor, and his name was Michael Michaels. So that's what that reminds me of. And, uh, and shout out to uh, Akari Pokemon at uh, Zolcina1 on Twitter following along with me and commenting when I share my uh, my story of my, my career, my 2K14 my career on Twitter, uh, said the names are unironically the best parts of having auto-generated rookies. And 100% it's what makes them virtual hardwood legends. We had Borislav Perko in uh, Kenny's NBA Live 10 dynasty back in the day. It uh, was a lot of fun to follow along with, with uh, his story thread. So these are the characters that are taking shape in my, in my, my career. But I also noticed, Derek, that we traded for Tristan Thompson. We traded Spencer Hawes for Tristan Thompson, who was wanting out of Cleveland. And he's still not happy because he's not getting a lot of minutes uh, for us either. So we might trade him again. And it looks like Royce White is on, also on the trading block as well. But I was kind of disappointed to see Spencer Hawes go because Nolan's Noel went down very early in the second season with a knee injury, was out for the year. Hawes stepped up as the starting center and played really well for us, and it was fun to defeat on the pick and roll. So, yeah, I'm kind of get get that at, uh, affinity for the team, Derek. And so, losing Spencer Hawes 
it's uh yeah it's, it's kind of like that real nba experience i mean as much as we can experience with the uh on the virtual hardwood anyway but losing that teammate that i've won two championships with yeah i'm kind of sorry to see him go you need to get tristan thompson out of there because you don't want that kardashian drama no on that team no yeah, like you, you can't have that you know ruin the chemistry and and hurt terry hansen's growth and and all of that um yeah, get that Kardashian drama out of here. Um, I do have a question for you, though. So we talk about all the positives. You're loving NBA 2K14, my career. You're playing every game all the way up to this point. Has there anything that's been, has there been anything, you know, when you're playing either gameplay-wise or structure-wise for the mode or anything that has been a negative for you? Well, I have noticed a few bugs for a, for a start. For example, Kobe Bryant has uh, suffered a knee injury, a minor knee injury that he can play through, apparently, a, a strained MCL. But because he's still playable day to day, he's coming off the bench for about eight minutes a game and it's just tanking his stats. Now, if you're a big star like Kobe and you, even if you can play through an injury sort of like that, he's going to be sitting out, as he did when he was suffering those injuries later in his career. So there's no way that he's coming off the bench to put up zero points or two points in about five to ten minutes a game. If, if he's injured, he's sitting out until he's ready to be full-on going, right? So that's kind of a problem. Uh, I've also noticed that for some reason, the schedule keeps moving forward with the All-Star Weekend. So All-Star Sunday this year is taking place on a Tuesday. Um, I, I think the dates are set. So instead of resetting the date of when it generates a new schedule for the, next, for the following seasons... It keeps moving the all the set date for the All Star Weekend forward. So now All Star Friday is on the Sunday, and I've got All Star Sunday on a Tuesday. So there's little things like that. Um, it's kind of bothers me in in that uh, simhead kind of way. Uh, game to game, the the turnovers because I love to keep my turnovers down. But two K fourteen is it makes it pretty hard because you've got a lot of body steals. You've got a lot of situations where you queue up a pass and the teammate runs behind. An opponent. This still happens as of 2K22, don't get me wrong, but it, it happens a lot in 2K14. I, I find, compared to later games, keeping my turnovers down is very tough. So there are some frustrating moments in that respect. But for the most part, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the, the gameplay experience, so it re- I can kind of overlook that. But yeah, there, there are some things like that that bother me. One of the big things, actually, is not having a my court. And it's funny, because when my court was announced for 2K15, I thought... What, what, what a gimmicky presence. Your own court that you can customize and shoot around on. But I kind of miss it, not having it. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, I do have a question, though. Um, what is your assists numbers right now? What are your assist numbers? And then what are your turnover numbers? Uh, so 15.9 assists per game and 6.3 turnovers. Right. So you're handling the ball a ton. Oh, so sure. if you were handling the ball, I don't know, like a normal player... And you were putting up maybe 10 or 11 assists a game, you'd probably be putting up like a realistic three or four turnovers because you'd be ha- like handling the ball quite a bit less True. and whatnot. So technically your assist to turnover ratio is pretty realistic, but I do want to make, uh, make a point here. The body steal thing, you know, this from seeing all my commentary on the forums, even before you and I, you know, linked up and started doing this podcast and, and, you know, connecting a parsec and all of that stuff. The body steals has always been one of my biggest complaints mm. where players just drop the ball with any hint of contact or sometimes they drop the ball without even making contact with another player. They're like hitting the air, <laughs> like the force field between you and the player and whatnot. And um, 
they they still happen in NBA 2K22. They're not as bad as they used to be. That's just been replaced now with like picking up your dribble and being sucked into other players all over the court. Um, but the the body steals is definitely frustrating. And one of the reasons why I think it's the most frustrating is because you grew up playing basketball, you know, like I did. And I was obsessed playing constantly. I played in school and all of this stuff. One of the things you're taught at the youngest of ages playing basketball is to hold onto the ball tight, right? To protect the ball. Definitely. Et cetera. And you have NBA players in these NBA 2K games where they're just dropping the ball constantly for absolutely at any hint of contact, which goes against any logic when it comes to like professional, actual professional basketball players. So those are definitely the most frustrating turnovers. I think the second most frustrating outside of body steals is the passes where you'll do a post entry pass and the ball goes straight to the computer. Like, it, it, like for, it's a canned steal. It's like you made the, you made the right pass and the game just decided to give you a turnover at that point, And it just transfers right to the hand of the guy, you know, guarding the, um, the offensive player. So those are the two most frustrating turnovers for me. I guess the, the third one would be getting a rebound and you throw an outlet and it's a pass that you would be able to make in men's league. I think Nate plays men's league. It's a pass that Nate would be able to make in men's league easily. And you have a guy that you're trying to outlet it to. And he's like, I don't know, between maybe, 20 and 30 feet away from you and the ball just goes sailing over his head for no reason. And, or he bomb or, or he like tries to catch the pass and he like heads out of bounds or something like that. Like he stumbles out of bounds. That's so unrealistic. Oh, oh um, it, is. it is. And it's one of those things where it, it does happen that passes get overthrown or, or bobbled, mishandled, whatever. So it's trying to emulate a, a real part of the sport, but it happens. So, in a way that feels so it's contrived. It's Quinn, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and you're right. The those can t- uh, can turnovers, those passes, those passes that if you go into instant replay, you can see the ball, the trajectory of the ball actually change in midair, defy the laws of physics, and start heading in the opposite direction to get sucked into a defender's hands. So you can see that it feels a bit fake there. There are also times in 2K14 where you'll go to pass to a teammate and they step out of bounds and you get the turnover. It kind of registers the turnovers. You know, whatever punishes the user, you'll get the turnover basically. Or sometimes, right, yeah. sometimes I will pass to a teammate, and for no reason, they will completely miss a very easy pass. Which again is kind of something that does happen. So it's it's an annoying moment that is kind of realistic, but it also feels contrived. But sometimes they'll just flat out turn their back on me and let the ball go out of bounds. What are you doing? Are you afraid of the ball? It's <laughs> so there are some moments that are kind of fake. Or again, you queue up a pass, and by the time it starts going into the animation they've started to run behind an opponent. So there are definitely some moments like that that, that inflate the turnovers just a little bit. But yeah, it's still fun. It's still fun at the end of the day. I'm still putting up my assists. Uh, it's just annoying when, when, um, when I get a couple of losses and you go into the, the so, in-game social media and they're saying, oh, you look at all those turnovers you got. I'm like, yeah, but I, I scored 50 points and had 25 assists. Look at my teammate. Um, <laughs> but then again, that does, again, uh, replicate the stupidity sometimes of takes on social media so it's kind of a realistic part of the game which i which i enjoy somewhat ironically but but yeah it's it's been a blast uh, i continue to play the games i i wanted to at least as i said before 
get enough get get these statistical goals to get to the Hall of Fame to qualify for that and then maybe sim a little bit but but right now Derek I, I don't want to sim and at some point I, I know I will because I want to get to 2022 in this and that will take a lot of gameplay or a bit of simulating but I'm not ready yet I want to keep playing the games and, and I think that's that speaks to how fun the experience is and, and how having my career focused on the NBA experience and stepping into the shoes of an NBA player and not running around a city or a neighborhood and everything else. As much as I enjoyed the online part of, you know, online team play with the guys back in the day, running around the neighborhood and whatnot and, and all that silliness and fashion shows and whatnot. And this is not a Barbie dress-up game. It is now. Um, all that stuff, all that extracurricular stuff, you know, you take that away and focus on the NBA experience and that's what I enjoy. So, so yeah, 2K14, my career has been a blast. And uh, and thank you, Nate, for uh, for asking about it because I'll always give updates because it's 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 so fun. Social media and, and media in general has just gotten worse over the years too, right? Like sure, sure. that's not an exaggeration in that game. It's absolutely terrible. Um, today, um, the worst it's ever been in my lifetime. All the hot takes, all the BS, all the um, skewed stat focus, etc. Um, but yeah, you're having fun with the game. That's the, that's the thing. Um, how, how could you possibly want to sim at this point when you're still having a blast going through, you know, progressing and playing the games? And that's the sign of a good basketball video game or a good video game in general. Um, can't put it down. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't, you can't put it down. And you look forward to the next game. And, you know, I look forward to those highlights that you send me, and it's really cool to include them in the top ten. And I think that um, your highlight where you did that circus shot layup with – yourself in 2k14 that made it into this week's top 10 and you know the commentary you put over it i thought that was a amazing highlight and it's really cool to see a highlight in the top 10 that's not a dunk as much as we the dunk will always be the ultimate highlight let's be honest of course it was when we were growing up it still is today i don't care what they're saying about the three-point shot it will never overtake the dunk but it is nice every now and then to get highlights in the top 10 that are not dunks that being said, I did see a highlight of uh, Julius Irving, a real highlight, the other day of him falling out of bounds and just top, uh, tossing up the three and it banking in, which was pretty cool back in the 80s. I saw that too. I think it was posted by NBA Cobwebs. Yes. Fa- fantastic Twitter. account. Shout out to Cobwebs. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't follow, if you love NBA and its history and whatnot, and you don't follow NBA Cobwebs, you're missing out. They do a really good job over there. And I've actually talked to the guy um, a couple times in um, direct message and the guy who runs the account is pretty awesome so definitely follow that account but no definitely nice to hear your updates now i get to give my update on stildo 33 yes and i um our 94 95 season on nba 2k19 you've seen all the highlights a top 10 this week yes and a couple top 10s this week the herald minor reverse jam mm. um in traffic popular. That was popular. Defenders. Yeah, people love that one. Um, I did it. I'll just say it. Um, <laughs> Ken uh, Stildo had a Malik Sealy Circus layup, um, like a you know 180 layup. It looked absolutely excellent. So we are now, he's four games into his Magic season. Now, we're, 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 I'm using the Supersonics. He's using the Magic. It's a 94-95 season. We're, we're in the same My League. He's hosting every game. We're four games into his Magic season. I'm three games into my Supersonics one. I haven't lost a game with my team yet. I took out the um, the Clippers um, with Malik Seeley, Loy Vaught, etc. Um, the Warriors 
which is the best team I've played so far, who have Tim Hardaway, Latrell Sprewell, Chris Mullen, etc. And then I also played against the Kings with Mitch Richmond, Lionel Simmons, um, Spud Webb. And so those are my first three games. The, the game that was the closest out of those was with the Warriors, as you would expect. But it's been so fun using Sean Kemp, Kendall Gill, Sam Perkins, Gary Payton, Sharunas Marshallonis, um, Detlef Shrimp. That Sonics team just has everything you could ever want for a great video game experience and then just a great overall team and all-around team in real life. And... Like they have their shooting, they have slashing, they have um, amazing dunks with Kemp. Um, Kendall Gill can get up there as well. Um, defensively, they have some size. Um, Detlef Shrimp played a lot of small forward at that time, and he's 6'10, I want to say. So they definitely have that size as well. Against him, the one win that I have against Shaq and Penny in the Magic who made the finals that year is actually with the 76ers who only won 24 games that year. I, um, I went off with Dana Barros and I would say I probably overachieved with that team. It's probably the best I could have used them. Um, Jeff Malone is on that 76ers team. Um, and I think I caught Stildo off guard with how well I used them. And I ended up having Shaq a little bit more contained in that game because I had seven foot six Sean Bradley. And you know how good seven foot six, seven feet and over players are in video games. Oh, definitely. Especially when you get up seven, three, seven, four, seven, five, seven, six, et cetera. So while I didn't shut him down, I definitely had him a little bit more contained. I think Sean Bradley had eight blocks in that game and I was able to win that one. But man, I got to tell you, not only is Stildo good at the game, so this is going to be a good competitive season, but you mentioned it on the last podcast about you know his use of Shaq. Shaq is so dominant. It's, it's, so, it's, it's almost impossible for me to do anything with him. We just played the Celtics. It was his fourth game of the My League. He's now 3-1 uh, and one because he beat me with the Celtics. And... I think Shaq went 23 for 26 from the floor and had 48 points and 15 rebounds on Eric Montross and Purvis Ellison. Ouch. Now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to lose that game, of course. Um, and I love that Celtics team. I had Dominique Wilkins, Dino Raja, um, Sherman Douglas, D. Brown, David Wesley, Xavier McDaniel. I just absolutely, Rick Fox, I love those Celtics. And, but I just, I couldn't do anything with Shaq. Um, like I said, 48 points, 15 rebounds, I want to say. Only missed three shots all game. Um, he was hitting threes outside shots with Dennis Scott and Nick Anderson, slashing with Penny, etc. That Magic team is just so good. And the way he uses Shaq is just so, stu- t- so tough to stop. But yeah, it's been just a blast. It's been working perfect for both of us. The highlights have come out so well. We're going to have to have him on the podcast soon maybe 10 games into the season for both of us to just talk about this 94, 95 season. No, definitely. And the highlights, people are loving them on Twitter. I'm loving them. Obviously 
you even got a compliment about the uh, the Mitch Richmond tippy toes on the line for the three. So you guys are playing very realistically in that respect. And again, Shaq's dominance is, is certainly realistic. Uh, the 95 season, I have nostalgia for, for through Live 95. I was also really getting into basketball at that time. 96 was when it just really took off me. So I, I do have a lot of... I have more nostalgia for the 96 and 97 seasons, being a Bulls fan, obviously. But there is something very special about the 95 season. MJ's comeback, of course. And hearing you talk about those rosters and the Sonics, for example... And, and you know how I love my, my video game trivia, Derek, and my basketball, my real basketball video game trivia lining up. Uh, those 95 Sonics have a, a very odd stint, a familiar face in an unfamiliar place or a strange place. Uh, Bill Cartwright is on that Sonics team. Yeah, and you know what's funny is he's legit throughout the whole season. He was even with them with the summer, and he was in the next summer, and he was trying to get out of his contract, right? Yeah. Uh, he started 17 games for them and played 27 total and was eligible for the playoff roster. So I've actually been starting him every game, and no, he has not performed that well. No, he's not as good as Sam Perkins in that lineup. But it allows me to put Sam Perkins in and have like a spark off the bench, right? Um, Sam Perkins is nice because he's flexible. I can put him at the five or the four. Um, I did want to shout out Stildo for the teams that he did beat too. So he beat me with the Celtics. He beat me with the Hornets, uh, which was a really close game, really fun highlights. Please check those out on YouTube, on Neon and Butch Gaming, on his channel, there where I've been uploading the videos. Um, you know, the Hornets that year, where they had Larry Johnson, uh, Alonzo Mourning, Percy Hawkins, um, Muggsy Bogues, etc. Um, fun video game team, good team in real life. Um, and then he also took out the Miami Heat. Um, so that's Harold Miner, Billy Owens, um, et cetera. And I actually really enjoy, and Glenn Rice, I really enjoyed using that Heat team. I think I hit 12 threes with Glenn Rice, et cetera. Um, but again, who was Shaq up against in that game? Matt Geiger. Mm. What was I going to do with Matt Geiger on Shaq? Nothing. So I'm getting out-rebounded by the Magic pretty much nightly. Um, in the Celtics game, the rebound discrepancy was 57 to 30. Wow. You can't win if you're getting <laughs> yeah. out rebounded 27. Right. No. So um, we're going to have Stildo, though, on the podcast hopefully soon to talk about how the sliders have kind of changed the way he feels about the game, the settings that we're using in the sliders, how the game just feels so free-flowing and fun, um, and just how much fun we're having in this season and how competitive it is. There's been so much trash talk. Um, he's trying to prevent me from winning the championship, I'm trying to prevent him from making the playoffs. Um, he wants to win MVP with Shaq, and fine, he can have it, but he's not going to win the title. So there's just been a lot of trash talk back and forth. Again, it's such a great concept, you being each other's opponents and, and having that uh, those two teams that you are controlling that are your teams and then controlling your opponents for the other games because you've also got that challenge of, can I use this team better than each other? That's a very interesting part of that uh, approach as well. No, 100%. Like, he beat, like, he, I was using the Celtics and he won. So, my next game on the season with the Supersonics is actually against those Celtics. So, I'm sure he's going to go into that game and be like, I'm going to use the Celtics and compete with Derek and try to get this win and then throw it in his face. Of course. That I beat him with the Celtics. Right. So, it definitely helps. And it's the fact that every game is bragging rights, right? Like, Imagine the amount of crap I gave him for me beating him with the 76ers, a 24-win team. I was giving him so much crap, 
on the phone, you know, via text, all of that stuff, because it's like you just lost to Dana Barris and the 76ers. Not that that team was terrible, but they just didn't win a lot of games that year. Right. And then then the magic made the finals. So um, it's really fun to kind of just give each other crap, even if it's fake sometimes, um, et cetera. But yeah, it's just, it's really fun to connect with somebody who has a passion for basketball gaming and the NBA of the nineties, you know, like we do. Oh, hundred percent. I do have some questions, obviously about that 76ers team. Did you use BJ Tyler? So I didn't, and and I and I could have because he actually shot thirty three percent from three that year. So he would have been an extra shooter off the bench. Um, I did not use BJ Tyler. In fact, what I did was I brought in Jeff Greyer, I believe, briefly, oh. a short, really short stint. But I used, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but still, though, will will tell you, I used Dana Barros and Jeff Malone, basically the best that I could possibly have used them. quick trigger threes with Dana Barrows sitting behind screens, hitting threes, um, you know, doing a quick dribble move and doing like a little floater with Barrows, et cetera, you know, utilizing the mid range with Jeff Malone and running Jeff Malone off screens, et cetera. Um, I just pummeled him with my guards and it worked incredibly well. I also um, used Clarence Weatherspoon a lot. <laughs> in that game because I was posting up Dennis Scott. And what ended up happening was, is I was dominating Dennis Scott with Clarence Weatherspoon um, because he's a bigger guy. He's wider. Clash of styles. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that Dennis Scott would be able to guard Clarence Weatherspoon in the post. No. So um, what ended up happening was, is he ended up having to switch tree Rollins when he was in or Shaq or Horace Grant on Clarence Weatherspoon and then that just opened up other options for me so there's those strategic things that happen in the game depending on the team that you're using etc that are also really fun to experience in real time right like real adjustments that need to be made attacking mismatches like when I was using the Celtics against him I was also beating up on Dennis Scott with Xavier McDaniel so I put Xavier McDaniel at small forward which he could play and I was backing in Scott forcing Stildo to have to double me and then I was finding shooters on the perimeter and that Celtics team had a lot of shooters they had David Wesley if you go go and look at their percentages David Wesley D Brown Rick Fox Meek etc um so I was able to you know I shot really well from three that game and a lot of fun matchups throughout the league with with all the, and you get to experience them all again by by controlling all the different teams uh Burris was legit you know, he, he was, I believe, a top scorer, leading scorer in college despite coming off the bench. Uh, was, was an all-star in 95, actually, uh, despite the uh, 76ers record. Uh, I brought up Tyler because he, he has some of my most uh, favorite trivia of NBA players and, of course, therefore, video games as well. Uh, are you aware of the story of BJ Tyler? I'm not. So BJ Tyler played his rookie season with the 76ers, those 95 76ers, and then was selected by the, uh, by the Raptors in the expansion draft. And during the off-season, he fell asleep with an ice pack on his ankle and suffered uh, nerve damage. And that actually ended his career. The Raptors uh, continued to pay him through to 2000, but they did they waived him in 97. So he's on the Raptors in, in NBA Live 96, but never actually played for them in real life because his career was over because of a, an ice pack and falling asleep with the ice pack on his ankle. Uh, yeah, a little bit careless. So yeah, no, I remember us talking about that actually in the past. I just forgot that it was BJ Tyler. Um, that was the player, but yeah, what a wild way to end your basketball career. 
this what a silly slip up In, insane and again becomes this interesting trivia for both basketball and, and basketball video games but yeah those those rosters when you talk about them thinking back to that time in the nba and of course video games nba live 95 and pc with its updated rosters no i i love the highlights i, I will ask one more question though before we move on to the mailbag i know a magician is not supposed to reveal their secrets but do you play with any of the other teams in between your matchups to uh, to get a feel for them or just the, this is just the familiarity with the players right era that you can uh, just step onto the virtual hardwood and uh, and dominate with them i do not play with them um i know you and i have talked about this before um you used to sit in on my holding court podcast when we were talking about the real nba in the past right um i feel very confident with knowing the players and teams and their strengths and knowing the 94 95 season um now does that mean that the ratings and tendencies and signatures are right uh, throughout the roster no they're not always going to be right right so every now and then we do have to go in and tweak things and whatnot if we see somebody's speed too low or we see somebody that has like a d minus on three that should be a b or something like that we'll go in and make that adjustment so we look at the the teams before every game and make sure that they're as accurate as they possibly can be um for for that game we're about to play um however i do know that ken does that um he, he still though was actually telling me that before we played the supersonics versus king's game that he went into practice with Mitch Richmond in the Kings and was shooting with them to get, you know, used to their shots and, you know, get used to the players and, and all of that stuff. So, um, I think he does it more than I do. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we both know the era well enough where we can jump into a game and still use players to their strengths. And that's great playtesting for the roster and continued dedication to making that roster, that retro roster, uh, all the retro rosters he has, as good as they possibly can be. Because a lot of people will throw rosters out there and, and not really make those adjustments. You know, here, here you go, here's a retro roster, or here's a current season roster. It's got all the players, they're kind of accurate, but not really going into that detail. But playing with your own mods is, is so important to be able to ensure that quality and and enjoy the fruits of your labor there's a lot of people that mod more than they play and if you enjoy that by all means do so you know do do what makes you happy but i think when you when you enjoy what you've created whether it's a minimalist mod or a, a big roster mod i mean look have look at the fun we've been having with the the live 96 all-time teams which we need to get back into but playing with something you've made like that it's great when you make it for the community and it's very noble to make something that the community will enjoy that you don't necessarily want to play with, but enjoy your mods if you can. And certainly it, it does help with the quality control. So that's, that's absolutely awesome. Well, it's a combination of, of many things. It's not just the rating signatures, tendencies, etc. Um, the sliders matter a lot, especially in the new two K's, right? Like it's not like NBA two K 17, two K 15, etc where you can literally or even 2k14 like what you're playing in my career where you can pick up in the game pick up and play and the game feels really good on the first impression right that's not the way it is with nba 2k19 and stildo and i have had so many conversations about this and he agrees 100 percent. nba 2k19 out of the box default is not very fun so many gameplay issues the gameplay is so sluggish. The players feel like they're running in mud. Um, you can't get by anybody on the perimeter because your player's ball handling and movement is just so slow, but the defense is so fast, so you're just getting brick-walled wherever you go, etc. So by default, 2K19, this wouldn't be a fun season for us, even with the modded 
teams, right? But when you make those slider adjustments and you loosen up the movement and you pick up the, the pace and, you know, you make the guards play like guards, you make the centers, you know, be able to play like big men, you know, you make the um, stretch fours be able to play like stretch fours. Like when you make the appropriate slider adjustments to body up sensitivity, to the movement sliders, to acceleration, to ball handling, to ought to like doing those tweaks, you turn 2K19 from a frustrating blah experience to a fun, loose, exciting basketball experience. And I think that that's what, you know, is making this season so fun is that the, the between the lines action and the pace and everything, and you can see that from the highlights, is just so much fun. Oh, definitely. And you're right. Getting those right settings, mods help, obviously, but getting those right gameplay settings and sliders and whatnot really can enhance the experience. We've talked about the importance of sliders before, how they're so crucial, how, how not being able to adjust them in the even in the NBA side of my career or my team can really force you into this uh, default gameplay that's that's not tuned the way that's not tuned for fun or realism or, or whatever you want out of a basketball video game so it's it's vital that you've made those adjustments i'm glad you've arrived on uh, a set of sliders that works and continue to tweak them as as need be because again you, you just have to sometimes because as much effort as the developers put into a game if nothing else it's hard to please everybody with the default sliders yeah, well, the thing is, though, is that they're not making the games as fun or as strong by default. True, true. It's it, that's that's the biggest problem. Um, so, like I said, you know, you can jump into 2K14. We can jump into 2K13, um, 2K12, 2K11, um, 2K17, uh, etc. We can jump into those games and not mess with any sliders, um, throw, throw it on a base difficulty and just have a lot of fun. Right. We're like, this game is just very well made by default. They, the pace makes sense. This feels like basketball with minimal frustration. Um, that's not the way it is since 2K18 and up. So 2K18, 19, 20, 21, 22, all of them just do not feel good overall um, on first impression by default. And that's the way myself feels, Stildo feels, you know, my two brothers, etc. But yeah, the season has been a blast. Stildo said he feels like a kid again. You know, a lot of the games that we've been having were actually on the phone. So we put each other on speakerphone throughout the game and we're, we're like talking like we're in the room together. And it's been, th- th- let's put it this way. This is the fun, the, the, the fun shared experience. And this is why I want an example of it. This is why I want so many people on Parsec. I did a, a move with Dominique Wilkins in the Celtics versus Magic game where I did a spin on the perimeter to the hoop and I threw it down off of the spin right on, um, I want to say Shaq. It was right on Shaq and Horace Grant. And he was like, Oh my God on the phone. And we both went into the replay and replayed it several times. And we're like, that was unbelievable. Right. If I was doing that against the computer, that's not a shared experience, right? I wouldn't be able to share that moment with everybody, but now we're always going to have that moment. Absolutely. That we remember. Yeah. So which is like that's how you, what it's like how you grew about. up. Yeah, it's like how you grew up playing. Right, exactly. So this has been great um and you know you'll be hearing you know to our listeners you'll be hearing a lot about this 94 95 season um on the podcasts. Now we'll definitely be keeping you uh, up to date with what we're doing in our respective seasons my career and my league. Uh, I do want to ask 
my some of my favorite matchups for my 2K14 my career. I, I love going against the Bobcats because I swept them in the previous year's season. So it's it mentions that in the commentary that I swept them. So it's kind of uh, cool that, that they bring that up. Again, a great presentation detail. They went out and got uh, Rondo in the off season, uh, I guess, to, to counteract me at point guard. So that's uh, that's been fun to play that. But the, the most interesting matchup because of its absurdity is it been against the Brooklyn Nets this year because they got Dirk Nowitzki. So I wanted to ask. What is what is the matchup that you're looking forward to the most playing in the '95 season if it hasn't already happened yet? Our teams against each other. Oh, of that's going uh, that is going to be the ultimate. So outside of that, and that's coming up soon, by the way, our first game against each other. Right now, I'm three and zero, and he's three and one. I want to give him a couple more losses before that game to make him sweat a little bit. Um, so to add some extra drama to the fact that he really wants to get a win there. Um, Wow. Um, I can't wait to use the, the, the Rockets against him. Uh, there's actually two teams, the Rockets um, and the Knicks. And the reason is, is because he depends so heavily on Shaq and that Shaq dominance on the boards, drop stepping, dunking and stuff. He's not going to be able to do that as well against Patrick Ewing or against Akeem Olajuwon. Or against the Spurs, actually, with David Robinson. So I would say that the teams that I'm looking forward to use the most against him are teams with big guys that are going to be get, that that are going to be able to give Shaq absolute fits. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And the the added portion of using the Spurs that's going to be a blast is that they have Dennis Rodman that year. Of course, yeah. So that also counteracts Horace Grant. And gives him is going to give Horace Grant fits and helps me on the boards even more. So those probably are the three teams that I look forward to using against him the most. You know, if I think about, uh, you know, Jordan, we're only bringing back for the the last seventeen games of the season. So unfortunately, when I play him for the first few times during the season, I'm only going to have like Pippen as my best player. Mm for the bulls so that's going to be um a team that i don't look forward to as much with the rockets today of drexler is that already accounted for or are you making that trade mid-season no we actually um took we we so basically it's an end of the season roster is what we did with the exception of jordan coming back later oh right that's, that, basically that's what a good idea is. yeah so houston's going to have Olajuwon and drexler portland's going to have otis thorpe who was part of the drexler trade and that's actually the next team I use against him on the season. It's going to be Portland. So that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I don't know who's who he's looking forward to playing um, against me with the most, but I'll definitely ask him that, and we'll have an answer on the next podcast. Good stuff. And, again, we, we need to get uh, Kenny back on the show to, to talk about the mods and to talk about this season and, uh, and get that trash talk right here in the podcast. No, he, he's itching to get back on. <laughs> podcast and actually talk about this season and the sliders and um how he's feeling about like parsec and the connections and all of that stuff um like i said he's feeling like a kid again and it's pretty awesome no i think we're both feeling that and we've really enjoyed our our basketball gaming over the past 12 months and, and really ramping up this year and playing some more parsec again even if it's even if it's connecting on some uh some lousy games like National Basketball 2009, uh, some primitive ones like NBA Basketball, but some better ones too, like your, your Live 2001s, your, your 2K17s, uh, 2K19s, etc. that we've also tried out before. Uh, yeah, It's just so much fun. We're looking forward to doing that, uh, creating that content for you based on that. And to that point, Derek, this week's mailbag question, you put it out there about the, the content that people are enjoying that we're doing and uh, what they want to see more of. And we've got some great suggestions. 
Yeah, pretty awesome. The response to that mailbag question. Um, basically, the the point of it was, you know, what do you, you know, asking the community, what do you like that we are doing right now? Uh, you know, between you know, you know, articles that you write, you know, the, the videos that I'm uploading to the YouTube, um, you know, some of your videos as well, you know, the features that we're both working on or the tournaments, et cetera. Like what are they loving that we do? And then do they have anything else for content that they would like to see us approach? Like, you know, uh, new ideas, et cetera. And there were quite a few people that responded. So with that being said, it is time to open up the mailbag. To the mailman, the What an unbelievable dunk! So first up, we have Basketball Video Games. Our friend at Basketball Video Games on Twitter would like some video tutorials on getting older PC games running on newer hardware and some modding tutorials. Uh, keep the tourneys coming as well, and we certainly will be doing that. But I've talked about getting some of those tutorials written and video, getting those older PC games working, Derek. There's a lot of people that are interested in doing that. They've seen us doing it, so I, I think we definitely should. Yeah, definitely. DOSBox video tutorial um, with a trusted name, right, and a trusted face like yours. Mm. Like, or like or like me with the, the Parsec tutorial that I did. Like Absolutely. people really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, looking at, you know, me talking them through the optimal settings and how it works and, you know, my experiences with it and stuff like that. No, I do think that's a great idea. And he said, keep the tourneys coming. This is from coming from a man who has played in two of the tournaments. Actually, he played in the NBA Jam on Fire edition tournament and he played in the College Hoops 2K8 tournament. He can't wait for me to start the Lakers versus Celtics tournament. He's going to be all over that. He's going to use the Pistons in that tournament. He already asked for them, etc. Um, so yeah, the tournaments are not going to stop. I'll be doing another one soon, and yeah, we'll definitely more videos for you know tutorials via modding or resources or tools, etc. I will definitely have to get involved with that. Uh, I did actually put a video out this week, Derek, uh, talking about my glitched NBA Live ninety seven cartridge. Right, we we actually connected on NBA Live ninety seven recently and played we still have to talk about the nba we still have to discover if it was just my cartridge with the cheating kevin gamble glitch That's on right. nba showdown for super right. nintendo we're gonna have to do a test we're gonna have to get the celtics to the playoffs and see if kevin gamble has like two or three times the speed as a normal player in that game there's my next way back Wednesday video. That can be a that can be a collab. I think that's what the kids call it these days. Um, make myself feel very old and sound very old too. Uh, I guess if I'm if I'm using the Bulls in this uh, in the Lakers versus Celtics tournament, I, I think I have to match up with B-ball video games. I mean, you're going to get pounded in the like in the paint trying to drive with Jordan if he's using the Pistons. Sure. And fans will probably throw items out onto the court like they did when we were playing Detroit versus Phoenix. Because it'll be so pissed about the fouls, the hard fouls. Yeah. But um, what a crazy touch for a game from 1989. But yeah, no, I think that tournament's going to be a blast. And it, it would be cool if you and B-Ball Video Games matched up Detroit versus Chicago. So Stildo, Kenny, uh, at one kidney Kenny on Twitter, uh, likes what we're doing at the moment. We, we certainly love what he's doing as well. Uh, I'd like to see some more Parsec content. The fact that we can do this is, is mind-blowing. Absolutely agree with that. Uh, also like to see some modding facts. Uh, for example, the 2K, if a 2K14 mod is out, how to use Red MC, how to edit the rosters, etc. And yeah, this is a problem we've had over the years, Derek. We do have a lot of resources in the community, a lot of great tutorials, a lot of people have been sharing their knowledge, and of course making tools like Red MC and Red in the first place, and more recently the uh, 2K tools and the hook tool and whatnot. 
But sometimes we do assume that people have that knowledge already and that the basics aren't explained. We, we, we assume people know the basics. And if you're new, if you're brand new to modding, you don't know that stuff. So I think maybe some more basic tutorials would really help out. And especially with the, with the retro modding uh, tutorials, a lot of that knowledge has been, uh, I wouldn't say lost, but a lot of the people that are around that could explain it or answer questions have moved on or they're either modding new games, they're not checking out those old sections, or they've just moved on from the community. So having some of those resources, again, uh, written uh, at the very least, with uh, obviously with diagrams and, and screenshots and whatnot, but uh, ideally videos, it could really help both the current and retro modding communities. Well, a couple of things. Um, he's asking for more Parsec content. Um, I think I've sent, what, over the last year, I think we talked about it before, like... 150 videos to the nlse channel like it's a lot um and a lot of that is parsec content a lot of content is already going up for parsec and for, for my sessions on parsec and all of that stuff um and it's it's just tough to do so much of it as i'm the one connecting the most of the most of the time i'm one person right so um i'll do my best to you know when i ran the tournaments through process parsec i've actually run three tournaments that went incredibly well and uploaded all of the games from the tournaments um to the nlse youtube etc um i'll do my best to do more um parsec related content based on my connections with people in the community but it definitely isn't easy to you know produce content on the daily as i'm one person Let's oh, put it that way. Video takes yeah. time. V video, compared to written articles or, or even mods sometimes, uh, you, you can take a day to, to make a, a smaller mod in, in some cases, especially if it's a smaller uh, art mod. And an article can be written in a couple and edited in a couple of hours. But uh, video, especially if you're doing narration, uh, yeah, it, it can take hours. It can take a couple of days to make a really great uh, video. Right. Essay. Well, yeah, we'll think about this. You know, Ken and I, we've played seven games now total of the NBA 2K19. 94 95 my league i can't take highlights through parsec the way that i'm doing it so i have to record our full games each game is 40 minutes i have to record our full games and longer with files etc go into an editor and cut out the highlights one by one so i have to re-watch all of those games and make the highlight reels export them do a twitter version post it everywhere on social media make the thumbnail all of that stuff um, so that's just for the 94, 95 season because I want all those games up on YouTube. Um, so that's, that's the type of time commitment that it takes. Um, as far as red MC, so 2k 14 mod installation tutorials, red MC tutorials. I feel very versed in red MC. I spent countless hours on red MC. As you know, I, I made my own version of like the ultimate base roster based on, um, Hawk's great work and, and all the contributors to that mod there. And I added, I learned how to swap teams in and out of rosters, change body types, um, change, you know, import, export jerseys, all of that stuff do, um, you know, goes to three point, all of that stuff. Like I feel very versed in red MC and I could probably definitely do tutorials um on that um but it's just time for me uh it's something that i can look at trying to do in the future and then in the near future um but i can't promise anything you know within like the next week or so absolutely always comes down to time especially with videos being so time consuming uh we might try some more streams at some point as well yeah i think it would be fun to do some streams maybe even some modding streams or or something like that um 
the the possibilities really are endless with Parsec. And speaking of which, uh, King J Mace, shout out to you at King J Mace on Twitter. Once more tournaments, uh, no surprise there. Uh, showing up new additions to retro games and the top 10 is always fire. Uh, I agree, you always do, do a fantastic job with the, the top 10 and, and the community sending in some great highlights as always, obviously. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mace is keen for the tournaments and, and I know that he's going to enter them with gusto. Yeah, he um, entered the College Hoops 2K8 tournament and streamed all the games on his channel, absolutely had a blast, ended up losing in the Final Four. Um, but yeah, he had, a, he had such a good time, uh, and I think he's going to want to be a participant in basically any tournament that we run. Um, so thank you for the support, as always. Um, as far as the top 10, week 48 was just released. It doesn't get old. People seem to be having a blast with it. Knowledge Bone, actually, um, I believe it was him, he commented on the top 10 and said it's his one of his favorite things, if not his favorite thing on the internet. Like he looks forward to it every week and that's why I do it. That's why it's so fun for me to put that out there because again, it's that shared experience, right? The feeling that I get when I receive these highlight submissions or when something happens, when I'm connected with somebody like a great highlight, I want to share that with the basketball gaming community so they can get that feeling that I had. Right. Um, So that is awesome to hear him say that. I love the comments we've been getting on it. Um, So, yeah, thank you for the support, um, Knowledge Bone, and then thanks for the support on the top 10, King J. Mace. And once again, the continued goodwill, nobody complaining about uh, about their placement or anything. Sometimes someone will say, oh, I thought that should be top, that should be number one or that, that could have been higher. But it, it's never with malice. It's always a, wow, I really love that highlight. So it, it's always with goodwill. And it's usually somebody supporting somebody else's highlight. So again, I love that goodwill in the community. And this is what these features do. You know, it's not about, I don't want to dump on other people's content because there's, there's importance in having build videos and, and, and my team videos and et cetera. But sometimes, but they, sometimes they don't promote that goodwill, that enjoyment of gaming you know it's all about that meta game or whatever you know this our top 10 we want to celebrate basketball gaming and celebrate these great moments these fun moments that we know we have with basketball games what basketball games are supposed to be all about winning of course we want to win the games but those fantastic moments along the way just as in real life and when something is spectacular on the virtual hardwood yeah it's just so cool and you know i always get a kick out of sending a highlight to you and and when you uh, say when you come back and say yeah send that I, i know i've got a good one when you say that yeah, Andrew will send me a bunch of highlights um, every now and then on Twitter just to show me what's going on in, in my career or to see, kind of gauge how I feel about a highlight too. I feel like you do that. Oh, yeah. Be like, you know, was he going to think this is going to be a top 10? And then when I see a good one, I'll be like, send it, send that. And um, he sends it right away. And those are the highlights that you usually see in the top 10, like his from this week. But, you know, the Live King said that too. Um, it adds also an extra layer to your experiences with these games. If you're going to be trying to submit highlights for the top 10, um, I know that when Stildo and I have played, you know, with my Harold minor dunk that was in it this week with a Shaq dunk that was in a past week for Stildo, et cetera. Um, we're like on the phone and once something happens, we're like, that's top 10. Yep. That's a top 10 highlight. So it almost like has you searching for those highlights. And then when it happens, it's like this big deal, right? Like I can't wait for people to see this highlight that I was able to put together and, and it's going to be in the top 10. A hundred percent. No, I, I, sometimes I, I want to post some of those highlights on Twitter, but, but I also want to keep them to be surprising in the top 10 as well. So I, I always wait to see which ones you pick and then maybe the rest I'll, uh, I'll put out there on Twitter. 
Yeah, exactly. You need to share more highlights on Twitter too. I do, especially in two K fourteen. You have, yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm bad about yeah. that, but uh, I need to uh, get better at the Twitter and not calling it the Twitter would probably be a, a great start for that. But uh, speaking of people who are contacting us on the Twitter, uh, Knowledge Bone at the Harassment always great contributor to the mailbag shout out to you as always uh more retro games head-to-head and or highlights uh gave some great examples of games that i'm sure we'll be connecting on soon including uh, nba action 98 slash nba fast break 98 uh, a game that you grew up with obviously um yeah we'll, we'll definitely do that as well yeah i mean there's so many different games that we still want to connect on and upload gameplay on um an example is nba fast break 98 um but you know we want to be doing more nba live 2000 um the early nba actions um it would be cool to connect on something and play like david robinson's supreme court and maybe um upload a highlight video of that uh, and then also stream some of these games and have some laughs on a stream even if it's a game like international basketball 2009 right <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say uh, gritty basketball yeah right or nba live 07 or something like that so no we'll definitely be um you know having more sessions together and then i'm i as andrew knows i'm incredibly active on the discord the nlc discord where you know we're connecting with people to join on parsec and i'm constantly connecting with people in the community and playing games like i recently did on nba showtime nba on nbc um so um you'll definitely see more gameplay videos throughout the year and bc trackboy 11 gaming at bc trackboy 11 on twitter shout out to you moderate in the community of course uh with a very important suggestion derek please heighten the parabola more and we'll try but you know that's tough i mean it's tough I and mean, you from from my understanding you can only heighten the parabola in international basketball 2009 but we're going to try to do it in real life i guess with the nlsc <laughs> and you'll see that graph you'll see that uh that line on that graph just shoot up into outer space Throughout 2020, <laughs> yeah into, into outer space exactly uh, oh, but man. no that i thought that was funny that he said that so i had to retweet it absolutely yeah no, we'll, we'll we'll heighten the parabola into outer space um and and just do everything we can you know to uh to heighten the parabola i suppose <laughs> yes in basketball gaming at uh, Live01 Legend at Nate Stasho on Twitter, our friend Nate. Uh, more top tens and Mount Rushmore lists. Yeah, we, we haven't really done that. Uh, more fantasy drafts with both players and teams, more rankings and comparisons, analytics and numbers, uh, continue top 10 plays and weekly podcast, and uh, more Andrew My Career 14, uh, 2K14 updates, which I have given. And, and thank you very much for uh, giving me the, the floor to do that. Uh, certainly will. Uh, and yeah, some, some more lists and rankings, uh, Mount Rushmore, etc., very popular. Uh, format for that obviously these days and comparisons and and revisiting games as we do no i I'd, I'd definitely be up for that stuff no roger came up with a good idea too he was like you know maybe nate and i can come on the show at some point and like i don't know redraft the season on nba live 2001 like both of them go through their players and do a draft um etc and build their teams and I think, like, that's a great idea. I think that that would be fun and people would love to, you know, would get a kick out of that and love to listen in on it. Um, thank you, as always, for the support on the top 10. You and Roger are regular contributors um, to that, whether you're playing Live 2001, Live 2002, or NBA 2K14 here and there, etc. Um, and you said more top 10s. Um, it brought me back to that top 10 that I created for NBA Live 10 when I was first putting, starting to put this stuff together, if you remember correctly. That's right. I thought that was kind of cool. So um, I think, you know, more top tens, it might be a good idea. 
um, you know, maybe top tens of NBA Live 2001 sessions or, you know, maybe top tens for the tournaments, et cetera. So I, uh, top tens are always great. Countdowns are always fun. It brings us back to NBA inside stuff and in the, in the shows that we, uh, shows and videos that we watched when we were younger. Um, so yeah, definitely a good suggestion. Top 10 horrible moments on the virtual hardwood. It's just all kids sports, basketball, international basketball, 2009 and NBA live 07. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just me missing that free throw horribly to the left. What clunking it off the, off the glass. That's, the not, that was really that was really bad. Yeah. Not the top ten. What was even more funny though was you jumping for trying to do a dunk, and your guy just doesn't release the <laughs> ball. Up, and just yeah. comes down and they call you. Yeah, he's like, I can't get up there, and he just goes to the ground and just it's a travel. It was just so so awkward. And the call just made it so much better. Obviously, of course, because the commentary is king in that game. So we also got a response from Stephen the live king at steve from the dot on twitter uh complimenting the top 10 once again fantastic work with that and, and also the friday five which i really appreciate because that's been going since 2013 derek so yeah i've covered a lot of topics and there's been a lot of articles so that the people still the people are still enjoying that uh is very flattering he came up with a comment to me and i agree with him and i've said this to you on prior shows it's really cool um and impressive that you're able to come up with new ideas for your articles every single he said specifically the friday five but in general um you know come up with material for your articles every single week and you do it year after year and i think it's incredibly underrated i've said this before i wish there were more eyes on your articles i wish there were more eyes on the nlsc in general like the youtube content and whatnot and your articles and the top 10 and the tournaments and all that stuff but um just incredibly impressive that you're able to stay so consistent with the content week in and week out well it comes down to planning because in the early days i kind of wrote on a whim sometimes on the friday evening and and some of those articles i look back and i think man this turned out pretty well for an article that i wrote you know almost to the deadline or went live at uh at uh, five to twelve five to midnight basically but since then, I've planned out articles beforehand. Whenever I do the five, I always plan out the five that it's going to be. Because sometimes I just, back again, in the early days, I would come up with a topic and then think, okay, now I've got to think of the five. No, no. If you're going to think, if I'm going to have a topic, I need to have the five worked out and have it all planned and, you know, get those screenshots in advance and whatnot is what I've been trying to do and be more organized about it in, the, in recent years. And, uh, and yeah, and be, a, be ahead of it with as far as having articles drafted and edited and scheduled and ready to go. So, yeah, I, I like being consistent with it. I think that's incredibly important when it comes to content, when, no matter what your medium, whatever content you're creating online, is, is to have that consistency. And, and know, people know that it's coming out every week around about the same time. You know, if, if not the same time every week, certainly the same day and that and, and also having that the consistency, the quality, which I certainly strive for and, you know, and try and edit it and make sure that it's as uh, professional sounding as possible. You know, acting as my own editor, which is obviously not uh, the way it would normally work with uh, with sites and, uh, and public publications and whatnot. But uh, no, I, I really do appreciate uh, your kind words and the kind words of everybody who uh, who checks out the articles and uh, enjoys them because uh, I, I do take pride in them. I do want to do some more video content and uh, I've got some ideas for that. But uh, but you, you've seen my ideas list. It's, it's pretty extensive. It is basically incredibly reliable. Let's put it that way. Like you, it's a reliable list. It's a long list. Um, it's something that is going to give you content for a long time but basically what i'm getting out of this is andrew's the type of guy to he'll have a project do like a paper do on 
a, this uh, on a certain day and it comes to that day and he hasn't worked on it at all. He's working on it on the bus and he will produce just immaculate work and get an A on that paper that he's turning in last minute. That's the way that I look at it. Worked on last minute, turned it in last minute and got an A. That's how good you are at writing. I want to say that you're wrong about my procrastination at school, but you are 100% correct. Looking back to my school. Oh yeah, days. we haven't even had this. We haven't, we haven't even had this conversation before. You've got me pegged on that one. That that's yeah, you. yeah, that's you. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know about the A on the on the on the reports and whatnot, and on the uh, assignment, but uh, but I got it done last minute. It, it was done and uh, decently received, more often than not, I suppose. But uh, but no, thank you very much for the the compliments on those articles. We, I will continue doing doing those. And of course, the the video content as well. And, and again, yes, Derek, I'd love to do some more streaming. And we, we talked about that idea of streaming uh, Microsoft Complete Basketball, where we're doing the uh, answering the trivia and getting people into the chat to help us out with some of the obscure questions, like what which uh, which Pope watched the Globetrotters, for example. You know, you know, we, we do have some gaps in our as knowledgeable as we are about basketball. And I'll toot our own horn here, Derek. We do know some our stuff, but some of those questions are pretty obscure. I mean, they were really obscure. That I don't think that, like I, I said on the last podcast, I don't think the top experts in the field who live this stuff day in and day out would be able to get a lot of those. But I do want to say um, that consistency is incredibly important to both Andrew and I, which is why I haven't missed a week on the podcast in like 120 weeks <laughs> straight. Andrew and I just keep recording every week. I don't miss the top 10. I make the tournaments a priority. All of that stuff. Um, I want to make people aware of the dedication that we have. Um, right now for me, it's almost two 30 in the morning and I'm sitting out in my car recording this podcast with Andrew because I didn't want to miss a week. There was a lot going on today for me and I wasn't able to record earlier. So even though I do have to get up a little bit early tomorrow and whatnot, I want this podcast as a priority. I want to get this content out for you guys. I enjoy talking to Andrew about basketball, video games and basketball in general and stuff. So, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm recording. I don't have space in the apartment. I'm sitting out in my car, but, um, yeah, I don't want to miss a week. I don't want to miss a week recording this podcast. I don't want to miss a week doing the top 10. I want to continually just give that to the community. No, in everything we do, we want to have that consistency and that consistent quality as well. So as we take these ideas on board, we do want to do the best we can with them. And we certainly will endeavor to do the best we can with them as we uh, put them into action moving forward. And there's one last idea here from Cavs4872. Shout out to you, uh, member of the forum, of course. Uh, says he has an amazing idea, and I agree. Uh, NLSC All-Star Weekend. Have one user control one player in as many events as possible. Celebrity game, rookie challenge, uh, skills challenge. Uh, knows at least one Sony game had this. The, yes, the, the Sony NBA series did. Uh, Three-point contest, dunk contest, and the All-Star game. Could be modded in for the celebrity if we do that, or possibly skip the celebrity, he says, uh, spanning many, many games and generations. Yeah, an all-star weekend and, and streaming it or putting it together as a um, post-produced video, uh, a lot of fun. And that would be definitely something great to do over Parsec. That would be a blast. Um, and I like the idea of using different video games to make up the events if we have to. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, do a three-point contest from one video game, a dunk contest for another game, um, et cetera. I think that that would be a lot of fun. We could have an all-star game. We could choose a game to have a rookie game on, um, et cetera. Um, and like he said, you know, using a specific player, um, we could probably, you know, make that work as well and have them player lock for the whether it be the all-star game or rookie game. Etc. So, um, yeah, the, I think it's a really good idea. Um, I like tying in the NLSC to it, um, get members of the community into it, etc. So, yeah, that's a, I think that's a good idea.
are fantastic ideas all around that we will be putting into action and uh, finding a way to, to do and exploring those ideas. We love basketball games. We love creating content based on them. We love sharing that experience with our fellow gamers, as you said, Derek. So we will be exploring those ideas. Uh, thank you so much for all of those responses to the mailbag question. Uh, before we wrap up here, Derek, one quick uh, second mailbag question this week. Uh, Nader, on our previous episode, posted in the comments asking about uh, Holy Grails for uh, collections. We've talked about our collections a lot in recent weeks. You've got Lakers versus Celtics, of course, just to make me jealous. Of course, I have the great NBA basketball print television, so that I've got that going for me. But uh, yeah, asked if we have any Holy Grails for uh, collecting. Mine would be Lakers versus Celtics, obviously, maybe Jordan versus Bird as well. There are some copies out there on eBay. Uh, they're all in the States, though, so, sh- so uh, shipping is a bit uh, expensive for me. Uh, of course, NBA Elite 11 is perhaps the, the holiest of Holy Grails, <laughs> I suppose. But uh, yeah, the, the prices uh, are not exactly, uh, don't make, don't exactly make that feasible. But, but probably something uh, probably something like that would be for me. Uh, NBA Elite 11 and Lakers versus Celtics. Uh, Jordan versus Bird, if I can find a uh, uh, an affordable copy with, with decent shipping. Um, or win the lottery, I suppose. Uh, NBA Elite 11 as well, if I win the lottery. Uh, but yeah, a lot of my Holy Grails were college basketball games, Derek, and, and I have them now. So uh, yeah, I, I have been able to uh, add to my collection, obviously, over the years and in recent years, uh, to, to pick up some of those... Uh, much uh, desired titles so yeah i've only got a couple really at least for the systems that i own if i was to get a sega console maybe there'd be some of the games that i would get but but they're pretty readily available so it's, if you're looking at those holy grails it's things like the uh, the rarities of a, a dos version of lakers versus celtics as you have or uh, or nba elite 11 or jordan versus bird so uh, those would probably be my top three for me um it's the three holy grails for video games that i own physical copies for are and you might think it'd be college hoops 2k8 because it's a rare game that's not one of them for me um it's actually lakers versus celtics um the dos version from 1989 the in jordan versus bird and double dribble jordan versus bird and double dribble are the first basketball video games i ever played so having those and having the, the physical cartridges um is so important to me um and they're both so amazing um, and they're both for NES. Those are the ones that I have. Um, they're both amazing basketball games to me to this day. Um, so those would be the three holy grails for me. Oh, and I will say an NBA Jam cabinet. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got nowhere to put is, it. I've got nowhere to put it currently, but still. Yeah, I mean, well, I have a question for you before we end this show. Um, you saw me pick up 1989 Lakers versus Celtics. You looking for that still now? Now, is that something where you're like, I need to get my hands on that and I'm willing to pay more now that Derek has it? Is this a competition? No, so, no, I won't say it's a competition. Uh, I'll, uh, I'm still looking for it if I see uh, another copy that's affordable, uh, much like a Jordan versus Bird. You know, I'll always jump on eBay to see what's uh, what's there. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. There's other responsibilities, obviously, other uh, financial responsibilities, so you don't want to break the bank on it, especially when you've already got a pretty extensive collection as is, or indeed can connect with you on Parsec to play it. So... Yeah, it's it's not going to be a competition, but uh, but uh, I'm a little jealous. I'll say that. I think I've been trash talking and competing with Stildo so much that I just think everybody's trying to friggin' compete with me now. Fair, yeah. That's that's uh, that's the way I feel, I guess. Um, but no, thank you everybody for supporting our content, supporting you know my content with the top ten, the tournaments, and everything. Supporting Andrew's video content and then also his articles and everything. Um, it's been a really good year so far for the NLSC. Indeed, keep it locked to the site for everything we do and subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, follow us on socials. We'll be promoting those uh, in a second. But uh, yes, that does bring us to the end of episode number 423 of the NLC podcast. 
Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We thank you for tuning in. Uh, we, we hope we, that we heighten the parabola, Derek. I think uh, I think that 2022, it's, uh, that graph, the parabola, I guess we're going to call it, it's been slowly going up. I think uh, it's been a really good year, and I think it will eventually reach outer space. Maybe by the end of this year, it will reach outer space. That is the goal, to get a, a parabola into outer space by the uh, by the end of 2022. But... Um, you can listen to the NLSC podcast on the NLSC, of course, which is mb-live.com. The show also comes out on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash mblivesseriescenter. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, just to name a few. And of course, if you'd like to leave us a review on those platforms, that would be very much appreciated. And if you'd like to follow along with our efforts to heighten the parabola, you can connect with us on social media. So Derek, I'll chuck it over to you to read out your socials. Yeah, you can reach me on Twitter at D for 384 and at D for 3G. I'm on the NLSC D for 3 and then also on YouTube D for 3. Also, keep an eye on Neon and Butch Gaming, uh, which is still the 33's uh, new channel that um, I help brand for him as far as like giving him a logo and whatnot. Um, that's where uh, the 2K19, 94, 95 season highlights are going for every game. So definitely keep an eye um, on that channel and subscribe. No, absolutely do that. Connect with Derek, connect with uh, Stildo, and check out his mod in the forum, of course, in the NBA 2K19 modding section. As for me, I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. We are NLSC Basketball on Instagram. As I said, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Hiding the parabola, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>